if it costs my peace, it's too expensive. And that has shown up in my career, in relationships, in life where I'm just like, I can love this thing, person, place from afar if it's going to cost me my peace. everybody. Emily Abadi here coming to you live from the AG studio. You are listening to Hurdle, a wellness focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life. And my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. For today's episode, I am sitting down with Olympic gold medalist turned entrepreneur, also past hurdle guest, Natasha Hastings. Natasha and I are rapping all about best practice tips on how to prioritize your personal health, your self-care, when life feels hectic, maybe burnout is lingering, and you've just got to take care of you. She definitely knows a thing or two about this as a single mom. She's also pursuing her master's degree to become a therapist and training as a professional athlete. This woman's got a lot going on, and she has learned and implemented the strategies, tips, and tricks that we talk about today to get her to a place that she needs to be to manage it all. We talk about the beauty of a morning routine and how sometimes it's important to have some grace with yourself when things don't go as planned. Also, we rap about the importance of being honest with yourself about how you really feel. If you are feeling overwhelmed, if you are feeling like you just quote unquote, literally cannot, then you have to be real with that feeling and you have to confront it in order to move forward, in order to do something about it. Really, really loved this conversation with Natasha. It's been a minute since she's been on the show. I'll make sure to link to her original episode in the show notes, but thank you friend for your time. I appreciate it. And I'm excited to bring this one to the feed. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And if you haven't done so yet, head on into wherever you are listening to this podcast. And if there's an option to rate and review it, I would absolutely love for you to just take a few seconds and do that. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on social. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Natasha Hastings. She is a two-time Olympic gold medalist turned entrepreneur, a mama. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm so excited for us to have the opportunity to catch up again. It's been a, a while now since you and I first sat down. Yeah. Just right around two years, right? Like we met yeah. right before the panini happened. So. Oh, the panini, the panini. I like, I'm brought, I'd actually much rather call it that than the alternative, to be honest. I know. 
<laughs> well, you and I are here today to wrap about self-care strategies, prioritizing your health when everything is going crazy. As I mentioned just now and in introing you, an impressive stellar history as an athlete and now balancing all things, being a mom while also being an entrepreneur, you're pretty busy. So I would imagine that this balancing act, so to speak, has been one that you have been fine tuning for some time now. Yeah. Yeah. For for sure. Balance is a word that I struggle with because I don't know that it's realistic, but more so just kind of prioritizing and being forgiving to myself, giving myself some grace. But balance probably for me, at least not the right word. And honestly, talking to some other moms, we kind of feel similar that like balance isn't necessarily the right word, but you just kind of what's most important today. Let me take care of that. And you just keep going. Yeah, you just keep going. So before we get into some concrete, actionable tips and tricks that I'm sure you've got up your sleeve, why don't you give us a little download on what's been going on with you over the last couple of years? How has the panini been for you and your family? Yeah, it's been interesting. So first and foremost, I guess I should mention that I relocated to South Carolina I did my undergrad here at the University of South Carolina, and I moved back about four months ago now because I'm in grad school. (laughs) So I am in grad school for clinical mental health, and that largely came about right around the time that we met. You didn't know this because I wasn't sharing at that point because it was very, very fresh. Um, I became a single mom five months postpartum. I was training for the Olympics, trying to do something impossible, and then panini happened and everything stopped. And so like I'm deep in therapy and I'm training and I'm going through this custody battle and just all these things. And I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. You know, I, I do my work through my nonprofit, the Natasha Hastings Foundation. And it just seemed to make sense that like, this is like the final piece that I need to like really feel like I'm doing the work through my foundation and also like wanting to work with other athletes after retiring. And so realizing that like sports counseling, but just mental health in general in the black community and the women community, I wanted to be the one to fill that space. So the Panini gave me a little bit of time to slow down and enroll in school for that. So I enrolled online at first, but now I'm back in Columbia working as a graduate assistant with the track team here and getting my degree. And then my son, Liam, I have to mention him. <laughs> he is awesome. He's almost two and a half now. He's the love of my life, just everything to me. And of course, I'm still training as well. I haven't retired from running yet. So there's a lot of things, <laughs> but the Panini brought about like For me, it was time to be still, but also like still kind of work on, you know, the things that are important to me. The things that are important to you. I love that. So how is South Carolina then? Um, it's interesting because it is a place that I swore up and down I would never come back to, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a New York City girl, Columbia, South Carolina. Just its history in itself. I mean, it was just recently that the Confederate flag was taken off of the state house. And it's just, it's a lot different. However, since being back, and I think it has a bit to do with my priorities as a mom just being different now, it feels at home. It doesn't feel like what I thought it would feel like (laughs) as far as like, I was totally like, 
all right, I have 23 months to finish my program. That's how long I'm here for. And now I'm just kind of like, okay, maybe I'll move when I finish. Maybe I'll stay. Maybe um, I'll stay. Yeah. So, so we'll see. We'll see. TBD, TBD. <laughs> okay. So talk about a little bit of a pivot here, adding mm-hmm. in going back to school into the mix. Obviously with doing that, it must be difficult, as you said at the top of this episode, to find that time for you. So yeah. why don't you tell us a little bit about how you do make that time? Being a single mom with everything else that I'm doing, that's what comes first. And it's been a struggle for me because I became a mom at 33. So my identity and my I per- my person was something that was important to me. And it's only recently that I've kind of come to terms with this like, mom being a part of my identity. And so just kind of embracing that and how much of a change I have personally gone through, but I love being a mom. Want to do it again. Can't wait to do it again, maybe two or three times more. But, you know, making time for myself. And so, and and the things that I love and who I am first and foremost. So particularly now, uh, my son is actually with his father. Today is going to be a day that I literally take care of myself. And that's something that's important to me, that the time that I don't have my son, that's some, that's some time that I've designated that like, yeah, I can use that time to get work done that I might not be able to get done with him, but I've got to squeeze in the time to take care of myself. So this morning, he left yesterday. I was like, I'm going to be gentle to myself this morning. I slept in. I'm still in my pajamas. (laughs) I took a shower, washed my hair, you know, put a little makeup on, even though I'm not going anywhere, made my cup of coffee, made a hot breakfast because most mornings I don't get to have a hot breakfast or hot cup of coffee. Um, But I'm intentional about the time that he's not here. Um, Another thing, when we first moved here, I put him in a daycare and we just we moved right after his second birthday and he hadn't been in daycare. He was with my mom. My mom was my primary caretaker. So I put him in daycare. And when my day was over, I would be like rushing to pick him up from daycare. And it was my therapist who told me, because I was complaining, like, I don't have time to go get my nails done. I don't have time to, you know, get my hair done. I don't have time to wash my hair <laughs> because, you know, my my thought process went to, okay, I'm training, I'm working, he's in school all day. I'm, you know, doing those things all day. I don't really have time with him anymore. So I want to pick him up as soon as I'm free. But then I'm juggling like having to run behind a two-year-old and I still have things to do, you know, or I'm not able to do things for myself. And my therapist was like, so you're paying for daycare and you're rushing to pick him up because why? (laughs) And so, you know, now I may leave him at daycare for an extra hour or two because he's at a safe place, a place that he loves to. Sometimes I go to pick him up and I'm like, okay, bud, come on, we got to go home now. (laughs) But it allows me that time to go and do the things that I need to do for myself. And then what also then in turn happened was now when he's home, that time is more meaningful because now I can pour more into him because I've taken care of the things that I need to take care of. So We hear it all the time, like give everything its time so that 
while you're doing the things that mean the most to you, you can be present and in the moment for those things. And that was really a challenge when I first moved here. And it's still something that sometimes I don't necessarily get to finish things the way that I wanted to finish things or in the time frame, but giving myself that grace that like, okay, this was the time that I said I was going to work on it today. Tomorrow, maybe I'll move things around and give it another 30 minutes. But now I need to do what I need to do for me and for my family. That idea of I've got to do what's good for me and good for my family. Like the bigger picture really is that taking care of yourself is ultimately making you better for your family. And I also love the sentiment about giving the thing that you're doing at that moment your attention so that you can be fully present in whatever you have going on. When we reflect about life before the pandemic, when all of us arguably may have been quote unquote better at handling more, the question arises, was it that we were better at handling more or were we actually not fully present in so many of the things that we were multitasking and doing and running around trying to just check things off the to-do list? Arguably now, I would say I would rather do less but be fully committed and fully present to the things that I want to do than do all of these things just to check the box. Right, exactly. Exactly. For me, it was like a lot of life passes you by and you miss your victories. You miss the good times because you're just kind of like on to the next. And so, yeah, like being present and being able to separate the things, because I feel like that was a lot of the pandemic, too, where it's like we're home, but a lot of all the same things still need to be done. And you're trying to juggle all of these things at one time. And it's just we're just one one person. So, you know, really being able to to compartmentalize and like really focus on what's important and what we can trim out. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I was just thinking about this, the idea of it, it, us saying like, well, I'm home, so I should be able to do all the things that I need to do, like in my home. Well, like, yeah, you're home, but like that doesn't devalue the amount of stuff that you're trying to get done just because you don't actually have to leave your home to do it, especially since so many of us have been able to take our work home in a way that maybe we weren't able to do before, it's almost as if it has become impossible not to do a lot of the things that we had to leave to do before. Now it's like, oh, well, you can do it all at home. So this idea that you should feel less overwhelmed because like you can do it all without leaving your house, like, yeah, that doesn't really ring true for me. And I think that's so like counterintuitive too, because I'm like a person that I've, for me, I've found that if I have to work from home, I have to fine, whatever, but I'm more productive going into an office. And for me, what it is, is my home is my sanctuary. My home is my place of peace. And so again, going back to these boundaries, a lot of our boundaries were crossed because now For some of us, bringing work home is not, (laughs) I don't want to deal with work. And there's something about physically leaving that there, you know, when I'm on the track and this is my place of business, this is what I do. This is what I love. I still get to come home and leave that there. Um, And now where a lot of us are having to bring the work home to where home is home, it, it can cross hairs for some people. And and I was one of those people where it's like, okay, I have got to, you know, yes, if I'm working from home, 
there's a certain time that I work from home. But for the most part, I'm more productive in the office. And that's something that I've realized about myself. And I can create that boundary. Um, But yeah, there's something about like the peace and sanctity of my home that bringing work and the pandemic and everything that came with it home, (laughs) it created chaos. So this idea that like we're supposed to be more efficient and more productive at home wasn't so for everyone because instead we were bringing the chaos home and, and, and people families who have like multiple children and you're bringing more chaos (laughs) to what might already be chaotic. You know, I do think that on the note of boundaries, even if you don't have like copious amounts of space to have like a separate room for an office or a separate space to like specifically do your work, there were small things that I could do during the height of the pandemic, if you will, back in 2020 that empowered me to like find some solace in the fact that my work and my home were one and the same. Mm-hmm. I've since moved. But at the time, like I literally had a small desk in the corner of my bedroom. I slept next to where I sat for 12, God, I mean, it felt like some days, like 12 hours a day, which was really to your point, like super overwhelming, but being able to set some of those boundaries and parameters was really important for me. It was like, okay, you will not work after X time, or you will make sure that before you open your laptop in the morning, unless like literally something is on fire in your inbox, you will make sure to journal and maybe like shake up your AG1 and make sure to leave your home for at least five minutes and walk around the block. If like whatever workout you were doing in the morning didn't take you out there. Like there were certainly little things that I could do for myself that helped me show up better and feel a little bit less overwhelmed despite the uncontrollable. And that is something that I think is one of the the biggest takeaways for me from the pandemic really is that I'm done being angry about the things that I can't control and that anger, it doesn't, it doesn't serve me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Now that one, that anger piece, I can speak to that on so many levels of my life <laughs> where it's like, if it costs my peace, it's too expensive. And that has shown up in my career, in relationships, in life where I'm just like, I can love this thing, person, place from afar if it's going to cost me my peace. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, Inside Tracker. When you do what you love, like running or racing, enjoying the great outdoors, cycling, skiing, you name it, <laughs> you want to do it for life. And Insight Tracker can help. Insight Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Insight Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you and then offers you science backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. It's been really helpful for me. Last summer, when I was feeling super sluggish on my runs, I did an Inside Tracker Ultimate panel, including a mobile blood draw and a DNA swab. And from that, I was able to get important insights as to what was going on with me and my body at the time, low ferritin, low iron, 
needed to make some adjustments. So in making those adjustments, I tweaked my diet and my training to better go after my health and wellness goals, incorporating more proteins like red meats and cashews and spinach, all rich in iron that helped me get my levels up to where they need to be. Between doing Inside Tracker and implementing a new steady strength training routine, steady strength training routine, say that three times fast. <laughs> I honestly, I feel better in my body than I have in a long time, and you can too. Head on over to insidetracker.com slash hurdle and get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store today. This is a special deal just for the hurdle audience. Head on over to insidetracker.com slash hurdle and get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store today. Also want to give some love to my friends at Element. That's L-M-N-T. Element makes a science back electrolyte drink mix, my favorite, <laughs> with everything you need and nothing you don't. Listen, I have tried so many different electrolytes over the years as I've trained for marathons and navigated 100-mile bike rides and Element is my go-to, and that's saying a lot. The formula, it's super high caliber, it's plant-based, with no sugars, filler, gluten, or other sketchy ingredients, and I love their flavors. I am a super salty sweater, super cute, maybe a little TMI, I know, but this salty sip, it's got the right amount of citrus and tastes delicious, sure, but also fuels me to go after my goals. You can get a free Element sample pack right now, which includes eight packets of Element for only $5 shipping. This is just an offer for Hurdle listeners. Head on over to drinkelement.com. That's drinklmnt.com slash hurdle to get yours today. Again, get a free sample pack right now by heading on over to drinkelement.com slash hurdle. That's drinkelement.com slash hurdle. So for you then, when it comes to prioritizing your self-care, I know right now you mentioned having this nice little having this nice little time period where you have some time completely to yourself. But on the days where you are trying to quote unquote do it all or do many more things at once, <laughs> what are some of your tried and true tricks and tips to navigate that kind of chaos and take care of you? I still do the old-fashioned pen and paper scheduling. I, I don't know. The Google Calendar doesn't work for me. And I, sometimes I plan my day hour by hour. And it it is also a lot of, or some of what you said in terms of like making sure that I have that time before I get out of the bed. I'd love to have a hot cup of coffee, but my son is a, a early riser, so that doesn't always happen. It's planning my day the old-fashioned way, taking the time in the morning. Um, some some mornings I will drop him off at school and come back and give myself a 30 minutes of just like I make my own breakfast. I have my own quiet time, um, not turning on the TV or looking at my phone in the first 15 to 20 minutes that I wake up and just kind of like taking that time to meditate and set my intentions for the day um, and just kind of clear my mind before like embarking on the day. But my scheduler is my best friend. <laughs> and uh, the biggest lesson that I've, I've also had to learn here, and especially as a mom, is like being truthful about how I feel. My therapist 
told me a couple of weeks ago, she, I was, we were talking about something and without going into detail, you know, I, I was like, you know, when people ask me, I feel like I'm just, you know, lying and I'm saying one thing, but you know, in my heart, I feel another way. And she was, she said to me, um, you know, that's a form of self-betrayal. And so she was like, you know, you don't have to put people in your business, but you can also be honest about how you're feeling. Um, and I think that 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 resonated with me in a number of ways, because I think that it's important for me to acknowledge how I'm feeling. And on the days where I feel overwhelmed, <laughs> I need to acknowledge that. And in acknowledging that, then I can reassess my day. Take today, for instance. <laughs> My son's gone. There's a ton of things that I want to do. I'm, I got him a playhouse for Christmas. I'm setting it up in his room, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to spend the day doing that. And I woke up this morning and I was like, you did a whole lot over the Christmas vacation. You start class in a week and a half. It's okay to actually push your day back, relax, spend the morning in your bathrobe. It's okay. Allowing myself space for that. Because every day isn't going to be peachy, rosy, planned down to the minute, happen the way that you want it to happen. But, you know, there there are days where obviously if my son was here, I wouldn't have been able to take the morning in that sense. But when I can, I give myself space to do that. Definitely. And something that uh, Shalene said to me once, and I know that it's in her cookbook, she says that mood follows action. So the action in this sense is acknowledging what's really going on, because until we acknowledge what's really going on or how we feel, then we can't actually do anything about it. And we're kind of stuck in this like icky, yucky feeling, you know, we're like, oh, I don't know why I feel this way. And it's like, well, like you're completely ignoring whatever's going on inside. And until you tell yourself like, you know what, this is what, this is how I feel. This is, this is where I'm at. So you admit that to yourself, then you can't move forward and do anything about it. And I'm with you. I totally support the, the morning in the robe thing. I think something for me that, uh, that 2021 really did was I remember my friends used to joke. We were certainly younger. I would say maybe like six, seven years ago, I'm in like my mid twenties and I had these neighbors and they were famous in our building for like being the ultimate Sunday errs, like these two girls that would like just throw on movies all day. They'd probably be hungover and they would like lay on the couch for like 12 hours. And at the time, like I was the friend that was like physically incapable of doing something like that. Like they were like, Emily, do you ever sit still? I can't imagine. Like I would try to pay you a hundred dollars and see if you could actually stay on the couch for 12 hours. And I'm not saying I do that all the time now, but in 2021, I became good, quote unquote, at like actually resting, actually like mm -hmm. allowing myself to do something like that without being like angry or like frustrated that like I needed to be doing something else or, you know, working hard on project X or project Y, like giving myself that grace to be like, no, like it's okay just to like, whoo. And that's hard. It's hard. It's hard because of, I would say like the hustle culture. It's hard because we're always like, especially I know that you can relate as an entrepreneur. You're always asking yourself like, what else can I do? Who else can I talk to? Who should I be meeting with? What should I be do like whatever. But like at the end of the day, not saying like we could put everything off, but sometimes you got to put some stuff off. Some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. The world, I, I've, I've learned that it's going to be okay. Sometimes I might not meet 
this deadline or the deadline that I've created in my mind. But as long as it gets done, that's that's what matters. That's if, what matters. If my mental, if my headspace, because because even that, I remember um, another thing that my therapist told me early on was my mental health and sanity was also for my son's benefit. And I think that applies in every aspect of our life, right? Because when you're well-rested and able to be more present in what it is that you're doing, you can be happier about the product that it is that you're putting out or whatever it is that you're working on because you actually are well-rested, able to focus and get the thing done the way you want to get it done as opposed to something that you're just like, I don't care, I need to get this done. And then you look back on it like, man, I could have done this so much better or, you know, put better effort into it. And so that time that we take to take care of ourselves so that we can show up that way is incredibly important. It's it's just as important as the work that we do in our relationships and in our work and, and all the things in our life. You've talked about uh, speaking with a therapist. You also mentioned a little bit of meditation. Is there anything else that you do when it comes to taking care of your mental health in the day-to-day? I think um, hydration and nutrition gets a lot gets left out of the conversation a lot, but I think it's incredibly important. I don't know about you, but when I'm hungry, I'm hangry. <laughs> My mood is not the greatest. And hydration for all the obvious reasons I like to have good skin, but like we can't function without hydration and another mood booster, honestly. And I think sometimes we forget the basics. It's so easy to like be going through the day and look up and be like, oh no, I didn't eat lunch. You know, um, making that time to, and then separate your lunch from your work. Don't do the working lunch thing. We actually have a break room in the athletic department and I go down to the break room to have my lunch and I'll sit at the table by myself. But like, again, removing myself from that, that work atmosphere. I feel like enough emphasis isn't placed on nutrition and hydration. And I think that those things are important, making sure your vitamins are are up because they're all mood boosters. I bought conveniently when I moved in here, one of those mats that you put like in front of your sink. It's from a company called House of Noah. I am like obsessed with this mat and it's so comfy to stand on. So on a a good day, the luxury for me is like making a salad or something. And then like standing at the kitchen Island on my like cushy little mat and like eating my lunch. Like that feels like a really nice break from just like being sat at my desk all day. (laughs) I get it. Okay. So nutrition, hydration, implementing talk therapy, uh, making that time for you in the morning and at night. I mean, these are a lot of really great strategies. My last uh, two questions for you. Firstly, did you have a, a time maybe where you realized that the lack of self-care was actually debilitating for you? Yes. And ironically, it was like at the beginning of the pandemic because I admittedly was in survival mode because as I mentioned, my ex and I had split up. I'm a newly single mom. I'm still like trying to hold on to like training for the Olympics just without like sitting down and acknowledging (laughs) what was happening. Um, I always go back to my, my first session with my therapist because I literally went to see her the week after we broke up and I 
you know, she's like, so what's going on? And I like laid out all these things and she was like, okay. (laughs) And so later on, she, that, that day she told me I'm great at compartmentalizing, but later on in our counseling relationship, she's still my counselor two years later. She was like, I always remember that first session where you came in and you just, you laid out everything that was happening, everything that you were doing. And she was like, I'm looking at you thinking like, you should be in a fetal position, bawling your eyes out right now. And you're just like, this is what it is. This what this what needs, this is what needs to happen. How are you going to help me fix this? <laughs> and I didn't take the time to like talk about acknowledging that I was overwhelmed. And in doing that, a lot of things were coming to a head in my life and things weren't playing out the way that I wanted them to play out, obviously, even though I'm showing up, but I wasn't showing up as my best self because I wasn't taking care of myself and I wasn't acknowledging what I was feeling and what I was going through because it was just like, I got to (laughs) survive. I got to make sure that we get through this. I got to make sure that I'm on the team. I got to make sure that I take care of all these things without taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And then just realizing that like this little guy is depending on me. And if I don't take care of myself, you know, not only is there the possibility that I won't be here to be there for him, but I can't be there for him in the best way possible. And, you know, even understanding that there are going to be, I'm going to inflict my own traumas on him unintentionally, of course. Um, But what I can do to prevent or, you know, be accountable for those things. I want to do those things. So and it all starts with taking care of me. So yeah, the, the panini. <laughs> the panini, full circle to the panini. Man, I'm like sitting here thinking like, what's for lunch? Do I have the things to make? Uh, wow. Yeah. I think that this situation, I mean, obviously everyone, yours has its specifics, but so many women can certainly relate. So many of us can really relate to this idea that uh, it's easy to put a lot of things in front of taking care of ourselves. But again, this idea that until you prioritize your self-care, then you're not going to be able to execute on so many of the other things that are important to you in perhaps the best way. And so mm-hmm. making that time making it a priority is just, it's so, so, so important. When you think about uh, self-care and, you know, taking care of yourself in 2022, is there anything that you want to add to the mix or maybe switch up a little bit? There's something that I want to revisit in the past. I still journal, but I have more taken up voice journaling. Because uh, sometimes it's like I just have these thoughts just circling in my mind and it's just like I just need to vomit it out, just get it out. And so it's been easier for me to voice note record. And I, I've shared that with a couple of my friends and that's been helpful. But um, I want to revisit like actually journaling pen and paper. But also I used to do vision boards and mm. I used to always do it before the new year. And it was the coolest thing because it would always be somewhere in my room, in my bedroom that I would see all the time. But at the end of the year, it would always be cool to see like, oh my goodness, this actually happened. I actually did this or I got closer to this or, oh, we forgot about this. And so I want to be able to do that 
going forward. I think that was one of my practices that like, as a mom that (laughs) didn't quite work out or I kind of forgot. Um, So I want to get back to that because that that's something that allows me to stop and celebrate my small victories. I think a lot of times we get caught up in like the big picture um, that we don't get to like stop and say like, oh, well, I've actually made progress. I have been working towards that. I, that, that happened. Oh my goodness. I didn't take the time to do a little happy dance for that. Um, so I want to get back to that. I love that. I love that. I think that for me, I was in a really great groove of journaling for like a year or so. And then I fell out of it. And the way that I got back into it actually was revisiting it in a way that didn't look like it used to and not judging the fact that like it wasn't the same format as it was in the previous year. So I started doing three things I was grateful for, but I wouldn't write them down until I was sat at my desk because I got to this point where in the mornings I was putting off the journaling that I used to do because I wanted to get to the rest of the things that I wanted to get done in the morning. But when I get to my desk every day, there is this like moment of like, okay, what comes first? Or like, what email am I going to tackle? What thing am I going to do? What expert am I going to reach out to? And it was almost like, okay, well, something that could help me kind of organize my thoughts every day in this one way is like sitting down at my desk. And before I make that to-do list, I just write down three things that I feel really thankful for in the last 24 hours. And that, it was a really great way for me to get back to a practice that I really appreciated. I love your ability to, what's the word? I get stuck in like, things need to look this way and feel this way that I don't give myself that like the, the ability to give yourself that room to like, okay, I'm not going to journal that way anymore, but I'm going to do this. And that is what I need. And it feels good. And I'm not going to get stuck in, well, journaling has to be this way. I love that. Thank you. I'm I'm working on that. I do think, well, I do think that that's something that, that does require work, right? Because there are certain things and I'm not saying like everything is like this in my life, but there are definitely times where I get so fed up with like my own BS of, well, I was doing this or I was this way. I mean, please, as an athlete, I'm sure because I can certainly uh, relate to this and I've been through moments like this where I'm frustrated that I'm not performing in the same way that I used to or that I, you know, am not the same Emily that is running marathons now at 33 that was running marathons even at 31. And Mm -hmm. I got to a place again where I was just like tired of my own BS. And instead of being angry about the things that I can't control or being mad at myself that I'm not executing in a certain way, it's like, okay, well, this is how it is now. So how can I execute and find that same level of contentment or joy from these things? And we're doing these things, so many of these self-care habits, so many of these rituals, so many of these activities, because they bring us joy. So Mm -hmm. why are you getting angry or forcing yourself to do something that doesn't make you feel that same way? It just doesn't make sense. Well, you just gave me a word. I'm going to practice that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your tips and your takeaways. And of course, taking the time. I'm so happy to hear that you're getting a little bit more of it for yourself right now. How uh, How do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you going in here to the new year? Thank you. This was a pleasure catching up with you since the Panini, since we last met. Um, But yeah, I'm on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Natasha Hastings, easy peasy. 
Yeah. <laughs> Easy peasy. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>